wake up in the morning I blink and then I'm getting home Where did the time go? Where does the time go? Let's Hit the Road by uh, Charlie Borsky. Is that his name? That is the, uh, the song the that's great. playing. Charlie Borsky. The late right. great. Of course, Adam got permission from him uh, from his grave, right? <laughs> whatever it takes for Hoops man. We do Hashtag have a time machine. Remember that, remember that was the Cavs slogan a couple seasons ago? Whatever it takes. Hashtag whatever. That was also like the Avengers movie thing, too. Well, you know what whatever it, takes it takes for the Cavs is LeBron James. <laughs> well, that was the year that, you know, LeBron took all those, you know, guys back to the finals. Like, Chetty Oshman and Kevin Love was the second best player. Tough year, tough year for Cleveland in the last couple of years. Um, or t- tough, uh, tough stretch. Anyways, uh, we are here. Uh, I'm here with Adam, and of course, and Kurt, who uh, was with the the full court trap just a few weeks ago. Uh, did he? Oh, he he lost, right? He barely lost. Uh, no, no, he oh. destroyed he Brian. Won? Yeah, he was on one of our early. Oh my episodes. god, yeah. I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, yeah. no, the great Kurt Schroeder. Reno's I'm so finest. sorry for, for tarnishing yeah. your legacy for a second. <laughs> Let it be known that he is undefeated and won by about 20 or 30 points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about uh, expansion and, um, you know, and also, of course, the team that was robbed of a team, uh, the, the city that was robbed of a team, the Seattle Supersonics. And um, I, I, I do want to get into that uh, a good amount. I actually have some questions for Kurt about the Sonics. Um, I'm just going to go right into it. So <clears throat> have you, Kurt, or your peers or your friends, have you ever felt pressured or maybe like, you know, it was the best option to root for the Portland Trailblazers? Absolutely not. Um, I like and, it. And full disclosure, I am a, uh, a Boston Celtics fan. been watching them since the 90s, but, you know, I grew up in a Seattle suburb of Bellevue just across Lake Washington um, for the first 18 plus years of my life there. And so most of my friends are Sonics fans and, you know, the Portland Trailblazers, they've existed my entire life. But I don't know of a single person in Seattle that has, you know, made their way down I-5 to root for the Blazers, which I commend them for because there are people out there still rooting for the Sonics, even though the Sonics haven't existed for 13 plus seasons so love that yeah shout out all the people in the 206 they are not straying they are sonics fans through and through and hopefully which is why we're doing this getting a team soon yeah yeah i mean they they should get a team i mean like i, I always thought that it'd be by 2020 ish 21 21 or whatever well, now right but uh unfortunately it's not the case because it, it does take some time to i guess to 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 get like the team together and also uh you know you got to figure out because it's, it's a top eight protected so like the first like the best player the sonics could get in an expansion draft would probably be like a guy like sataransky or something you know it's like top eight protected your best players so uh that's tough too because uh but a- anything to get the, the, the you know the fans to root for something there you know i want to give a shout out to uh, seattle as well because I don't know how this works. We're a Colorado-based podcast, Colorado, Illinois. You know, uh, Coach Leo uh, Coleman is down in Alabama. But believe it or not, shout out to the city of Seattle because they are 14% of our listenership on this podcast. And so we have fans out there. uh, And if you're listening, thank you. We are thrilled to have you. We're rooting for you. All right, go Sonics. We have a sure they're not Jeff Green super fans? I mean, they they could be. We have a basketball time machine, so it does make sense that they would tune in for us. 
Maybe we should oh, do yeah, a whole Sonic's so. Time Machine uh, series soon. We actually should do some like some Sonic sports. Like a guy like Kemp would be good to do for you know today's game. Oh, that'd be a blast, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, you know, uh, I, I guess the other question: uh, What was your thought? I guess you, your friends, whatever. Uh, Twenty sixteen, crazy year for the Thunder. Bad year for the Thunder. Uh, <laughs> the bluest of balls. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, Durant going to the Warriors. What was that reaction like over there? I don't think a lot of people really cared that he went to the Warriors. I think, you know, just the the overall perspective was, okay, it's a weak move. You have a superstar going, going to Golden State. But amongst the people in Seattle, they thought it was great because the Thunder no longer had their best player. And I think exactly, that yeah. if you were to look at kind of the landscape of basketball from 2000. Oh, I can't remember the timeline. It was either late 2007 or early 2008 where it was made public that, hey, this team is not staying in Seattle. They're going to Oklahoma City. Everybody in Seattle turned on the Thunder. Not a single person in Seattle roots for the Thunder or wants them to do well. And I think one of the things that's super frustrating if you hear an NBA broadcast and you hear a Thunder game is some people are saying, okay, well, Gary Payton leads the the Thunder history and, and people are like, whoa, 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 no. No, you know, let's separate the two. Let's have a Thunder history and then have a, a Sonics history because a lot of people don't want it to bleed into the other. And I understand that just because the franchise relocated, you still get to keep the history and stuff like that. But that is not something that people in Seattle want to deal with. So Westbrook's gone. Durant's gone. The Thunder might be the worst team in basketball. We'll see if as, this, as the season plays out. But no, no one in Seattle is rooting for the Thunder. I promise you that. Yeah, I was just wondering that because, you know, I, I imagine that be I imagine it'd be like parades on the street once the Warriors beat the Thunder in that game seven. And then, of course, like two months later, Durant joining them. And I always thought that that was really cathartic. Yeah, I mean, you have people, especially in the uh, 2012 NBA finals, when it was Thunder and Heat, everyone rooting for the Heat. No one wanted to see the Thunder. <laughs> you rarely see that. You really rarely see a guy team root like the whole city root for LeBron and a team that the uh, city does, doesn't even have like a team or anything. Well, especially too when that series when they were just a few years removed from being relocated and you know Kevin Durant was drafted as a SuperSonic, Russell Westbrook was drafted as a Sonic, and then the next year James Harden was drafted shortly thereafter as a member of the Thunder. So you had the their big three in essence, playing in that NBA Finals, and you're sitting here like, the Sonics had all the good pieces, and you just yeah. took the team away. So, yeah, a few years removed from that uh, from that move, I think a lot of people were happy to see the Thunder come up short. And ever since, you know, every time the Thunder doesn't win a championship, it's a win for Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I mean, that, that, that's a fair value. I mean, that's obviously that's, – that's, I just expected because – you know, like I obviously, you know, I I think Adam, were you in that sports law class at DePaul? Yeah. With Phil Myers. Yeah. We watched Sonic Skate. Sonic Skate was a great film, and I yeah. remember that well. I do remember the one guy went a little too crazy about Ray Allen. Don't get me wrong, Ray Allen's a guy to go crazy for, but he was like the poetry of Ray Allen. Oh, I remember that. The I remember greatest that. to ever do what he does to take that away. It was like, dude, you need to get well, back to your Cabernet and get in your hot bath or whatever you're doing and write more poetry about Ray Allen. Cause we're all here for it. Well, I remember watching that. Like, I think I remember that guy. Cause that guy was also saying something about like, you know, it's, it's February. It's very depressing outside. And it's like, there's no basketball. There's like, there's no season going on with any yeah. sport. Um, but I do know that MLS has taken over. 
big time over there. Really good but program over there. This yeah. was really surprising to me. NHL got a team before the NBA. The Kraken. Yeah. Uh, do you know where they're playing? Are they playing Key Arena? Yeah, so Key Arena got renamed. Um, shoot, off the top of my head, I can't remember what it got renamed, but they, they completely gutted it. And so the structure is there. It's in the same location that Key Arena was in okay. uh, Seattle. Yeah, it looks brand new. Wow, look at this. Climate yeah. Pledge Arena. Mm. Climate Pledge, that's right. I'm all um, for pledging for the climate. Yeah, there we go. That's the most Seattle thing that you're ever going to see. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just dug really, really deep into the ground there to make it bigger and wider. Um, so I, I can't remember what the bill was on that. Um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, of course, to do that renovation. Um, but yeah, it's going to be good enough to host an NHL team. And then in theory, I guess, when you have an NHL worthy facility, you also have a facility worthy of playing basketball in, which is, I think there's only a handful of teams and cities across the country where you have basketball and hockey and they don't play um, in, in the same arena. So, yeah, I, th I think once you get that going and the Kraken is set to play next year, so the, the 20, or I guess, shoot, we're already in 2021. It's later. Next season, yeah. yeah After this season. season with the NHL, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, then the Kraken will get going there. So the I Kraken imagine... will be released. Yes. Ooh, yes. Ah! <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that will happen with basketball, hopefully. But who knows? I feel like Seattle has been in a position to get an NBA team for quite a while now, and they got in the short end of the stick. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, my biggest my my conspiracy. I told Adam this a while ago, but my conspiracy was that Durant would go back to Seattle once they, once they get you know once they get the team back and everything. I guess it is a possibility, but I feel like expansion is still like two seasons away. Honestly, yeah, it definitely is not a quick process. Yeah, dude, that would be a legacy restoring move for him. Like, yeah. a lot of people are kind of sour. He didn't choose Oklahoma City, you know. Yeah, if he's like, you know, I'm going to go to this expansion team. And, you know, give me a couple years and I'm going to take him to the finals and they win a championship and he brings the championship to Seattle. Everyone forgets all the snake emojis that we saw on Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, like the, it takes so much luck just to like win, you know, to, to be like the Warriors. Cause the Warriors obviously were, they had that Steph Curry contract and that's the reason why they got Durant. So, yeah, I mean, like it's going to take obviously some luck to, you know, make a, to get a couple good players, but uh, getting a guy like Durant, like, I mean, back to where you started, right? Mm. No, that'd be huge, especially if you get a bunch of other Seattle locals. You know, if you could bring on Zach Levine, uh, kids <laughs> on the road, that would be yeah. huge for them. Uh, Jamal Crawford, I think that guy could look at buckets when he's like 45. So, yeah, bring him back on. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, so I think yeah. the other big Seattle names are kind of past their prime and old at this point. Like Jason Terry is not going to play again. Luke Ridenauer up from Blaine, Washington. He's been, he's been gone for a while, but. Is yeah, Nate Rob, is Nate Rob woken up? Nate Rob knocked out cold. Don't you dare. Don't you yeah. dare. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Nate Rob can uh, lace him up anymore, but DeJounte Murray's a nice little piece over there with uh, San Antonio. He's from Rainier yeah. Beach. Um, how about, how about Clay Thompson? He's he from Washington or is he went to school there? Uh, went to Washington state. Washington State, okay. Uh, Where is Washington? Yeah. Is that Spokane or something? Close. Uh, it's the Pullman. It's like an hour and a half oh, south of Spokane. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, Clay, I guess he's from uh, Lake Oswego, I believe, originally. With, uh, Kevin oh, okay. Cook. And then he oh, went to right, uh, right. Santa Margarita Catholic in uh, LA area. So yeah, he, he played up in Washington, but not, not a Washington native. Pacific Northwest native, though. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, I mean, I remember seeing that he grew up mostly, I know, I know he grew up in LA, obviously with his dad, 
But uh, yeah, I, I guess he did go to high school, right? And in, in Oregon and then college, you know, just a little bit north uh, in Washington State. Um, but yeah, I guess let's just let's just dive right into it. Our uh, starting five of all time Sonics. Okay. No matter what. Um, what, what do you guys think? We can just go down to list center. I I have Jack Sigma. It's my center. Jack Sigma. What about you, Kurt? Yeah, same Jack Sigma. Uh, let's get in some numbers here. Just average a double double in seven seasons with Seattle. So anytime you do that, that's an impressive stat. Uh, started for the 1979 championship team, the only championship that the Sonics have. So that's also pretty impressive. And I believe that was his third season as well. So did that as a pretty young guy, uh, seven-time All-Star. And believe it or not, NBA Hall of Famer. I did not know that. I was looking at the stats, and he averaged like 15.8 points a game and like nine boards. So not not great stats, but I think like for his era, um, definitely a nice little piece there and worthy of being an NBA Hall of Famer. So that's cool. Got to have some championship experience in my starting five. I'm, I'm going to go yeah, off that to too, because I actually have some statistics I want to follow up because there's a reason I put him on my team. Cause I'm thinking like, you know, we're using the basketball time machine. We're putting these guys in the modern league for me. Right. And uh, Jack Sigma didn't take a ton of threes uh, with the Sonics. Cause that wasn't really part of the game, but he actually started taking a lot of threes at the end of his career in Milwaukee and really ahead of his time. Uh, in his time with the Milwaukee Bucks, he shot 35% from three. And so when I'm trying to build my modern roster, I got a nice center who can stretch the floor. Illinois native, Jack yeah, Sigma. That's true. Uh, so I guess I might as well go with him, right? Because uh, he's an Illinois native. I wasn't going to go with Sam Perkins. <laughs> Just a good stretch better. five to have, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah when I found out that he's from Illinois, I was like, I got to have him now. Yeah, what is it, Kankakee? Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Give, give them the points, judges. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I guess Jack Sigma, I mean, I think we all know who's going to be. The, the bottom four, we already have it all set. <laughs> yeah, right? Probably. Yeah, I, th- I think we have the exact same lineup. Because you could put Sean Kemp at the five, and you put Durant at the four, Rayon the two, and then you know a guy like Dennis Johnson or something like that, or Gary Payton. You could play a three guard lineup there with three, yeah. two, one. And and we got into some of the nitty gritty too uh, when we were kind of texting about this earlier. Uh, Kurt, was it you who brought up what about Scottie Pippen? You know, are we allowed to keep Scottie yeah. Pippen? Because if you keep Scottie Pippen, you're opening up a whole different box of worms. You know, uh, because yeah, you'd probably have him over uh, one of these guys, right? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if, if you're drafted by the Sonics, which is, yeah, where my head was at, and you brought up Serge Ibaka, Adam, uh, Russell Westbrook, also drafted by the Sonics. But I think we drew the line that if you never actually put on the uniform and played in a game, we got we got to exclude you. Yeah, no hats allowed. Yeah, no hats allowed. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, at least contributions to the Sonics, too. Because I, I think that there was kind of the balance between, you know, who's the best modern day players, you know, maybe they didn't have that much of an impact or not that big of an impact um, on the Sonics as some other guys, um, but you like kind of the older players. Okay. Maybe they're not as in shape. They're not as big. They're not as strong. So, yeah, I, I think our, our uh, one or two or three and our four are the same. And I, I really think that they could translate in any area, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got, I mean, you got Kevin, I mean, just imagine Kevin Durant and Ray Allen on the same, you know, on the same team. That's, that's insane. And then you also have Ray Allen and Gary Payton who were traded for each other. 
which I don't know why the Bucks. I don't know why the Bucks did that. I'm not sure either. I actually went to the last uh, Sonics game that Gary Payton played in, um, and then he was traded to the Bucks. I think it was a couple days after. So I remember uh, seeing that in the newspaper the next or whenever it was a few days later, and I was like, "Wow, I had no idea that he was even going to be traded." Um, <laughs> but at, at the time, I mean, Ray Allen was hooping in Milwaukee. So overall, I think it was a great move by the Sonics because they got a, a better player. Um, and I believe that the Bucks went to the playoffs that year as a pretty low seed because they got Gary Payton and Desmond Mason and then didn't really do a whole lot after that. But heck, neither did the Sonics. So, Well, I remember the Sonics had – I mean, Ray Allen had a couple really good playoff games for them. And I think they had that one second-round run. Uh, in like 2005 or 2006 or something like that they played the kings and then they played the spurs and they lost they lost to the spurs they beat the kings um but i remember ray allen like you know i grew up watching so much ray allen highlights where you know he's literally one of my one of my idols honestly um because uh just just because he's like so just like he just perfected his craft and he was just I don't know. He, he, he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like super flashy or anything. He wasn't like a, like a big personality. He was very like low key kind of guy. Yeah. And also his best career numbers were definitely with the Sonics. You know, he had, he had his highest role there for sure. Uh, and there were a few years when he was definitely like, I don't want to say their only weapon, but certainly their focal point. But I mean, the guy shot a clean 40% uh, throughout his career but had the greenest of lights when he was taking uh, 7.6 three-pointers a game in his times uh, with the Sonics. Sonics and shooting just under 39%, which is just unreal. And uh, as you mentioned, if you were to somehow like put him on the floor with Kevin Durant, I mean, basically you're getting what you had with Clay Thompson, but a guy who's better with the ball in his hands too. someone who could, cause like that guy was also, you know, we remember him as such a great shooter and rightfully so, but young Ray Allen could, could throw down young Ray Allen yeah. was an athlete, yeah. you know? And so I'm taking that Ray Allen and putting him on this team. Yeah. He had a great jump shot with the uh, Milwaukee, as we all know. And then he also, yeah, like you mentioned, like he was also super athletic. Uh, have you guys seen that movie? Did you guys see that movie that he was like, he got game? Oh, Wait, yeah, absolutely. I still haven't seen that movie. I need to watch that. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it after Sonic Skate. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, like I, I've always been, I, uh, people always say that's a great movie and just watch it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I need to watch. I'm so bad at watching movies, by the way. Uh, when people tell me to watch a movie, I just forget about it. And then uh, usually I just watch uh, whatever NBA game is on or, you know, whatever, uh, maybe the last dance again. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> any, anyways, uh, so w- we, we basically have four. Now we have three, Kevin Durant and then Ray Allen. Who's your point guard? Gary Payton, right? It's a no brainer. Dennis Johnson is a finals MVP. This is a good point. And they're both <laughs> locked down defenders. Well, I remember uh, – I'm reading this book, Breaks of the Game, about the Blazers in 79, 1980. And then the author mentioned that, like, the 78 and 79 series were very, like – in terms of rating, it was very very weak ratings. And, like, apparently the quality of play wasn't as good or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Uh, and Dennis Johnson's also kind of like a – he's kind of like a mercurial kind of, like, personality, especially when he was with the Seattle uh, and I guess, you know, he really stuck to his role when he went to Boston, but I don't know. I mean, Gary Payton probably would be, I mean, I wouldn't even mind, you know, if you had like that two guard lineup there, but again, 
you know, I guess off the bench, I guess that that would be the next discussion, right? Who would you have off the bench of three guys or whatever? Because Rashard Lewis, you can never go wrong with that guy off the bench, especially. Well, Rashard Lewis, especially, like, he's kind of – I don't want to necessarily compare him to Kevin Durant because he's, like, nowhere near as prolific, but cut from the same cloth as far as style goes, you know? Like, this giant uh, – he can't – dribble like Kevin Durant there's never been a guy that size who can do those things but like a slashing versatile forward uh and he used to be able to be super athletic I'm pretty sure I remember him in the dunk contest and maybe like the late 90s and the dude was a knockdown shooter and uh even with the magic like him and Heideko Turkoglu were extremely fun and so if you're looking to build that kind of team uh, or a modern team, I should say, then he's a great option. Yeah, I mean, Gary Payton, I think, is the – that's the no-brainer in all mm-hmm. of this, in my opinion, just a point guard. In my opinion, the greatest Sonic ever. I don't know who, you know, anyone else would put up there, but Sonic's all-time leader in points, assists, and threes, nine-time wow. NBA selection, and I believe he's the only point guard to win defensive player of the year. So if you have a guy like that and – of course, the I don't want to jump ahead here because I think we all have the same power forward uh, or whoever could play the four. But Gary Payton, you know, great lobber to Sean Kemp. I think that that is what everyone was looking at in the 90s. You know, when you had Lob City with the Clippers, Showtime with the Lakers, you had Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. I don't know if they had a nickname, but that was absolutely incredible to watch just the passive and the chemistry between those two. And I need a guy on the floor who's a fucking dog. Yeah. Like, I, I just want someone who's going to hound you. I want someone who's going to in your face, trash talk, not back down. Um, I think that we all saw the uh, Michael Jordan documentary this summer. And even though the Sonics lost, you know, Gary Payton was sitting there like, Hey, like I needed the ball. I want him to lock down Michael Jordan. Like mm-hmm. I want this challenge. So I want someone who's going to take on something like that. Cause you know, God bless Kevin Durant, but you know, I don't really think that he's uh, thick skinned. He doesn't have dog um, mentality. So, Gary Payton was like yeah, the leader of the pack. <laughs> yeah, I need I need some dogs on my team. So yeah, you gotta have Gary Payton in there. And he's he's six four too, so a decent size point guard at that too. Got a little bit of size. Yeah, you could run him at the two if you need to. And he also had uh, on his career a one hundred five point six defensive rating. And just to contextualize that, that would be the fourth best in the NBA so far this season. Oh, yeah, elite defender, on-ball defender, incredible. Yeah, like you could make the argument that he is the best defensive point guard ever. I mean, that's sure. uh, like – Probably, yeah. In, insane stats, like prime Gary Payton steals who, who would even be competing with him with that, with that spot? <laughs> I mean, after what we saw from Jerry West in the basketball time machine, if you haven't listened to that show, go Jerry back Jerry West is really that. good, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, Sean Kemp was – I'm not sorry. Gary Payton was really, he was really good on the ball. Jerry West was more like a, you know, like a, you know, like Steph Curry's always getting like deflections and stuff well, like that. Both, like well, really good at that kind of I stuff. don't know. I mean, cause like we saw how annoying West was and I feel like, uh, you know, Gary Payton has that same super annoying, like, dude, get off me. You know what I mean? Like that Patrick yeah. Beverly, like tenacity. Um, and honestly, like, I, I thought it was kind of weird how Michael Jordan just laughed off the Gary Payton thing in the documentary, because like, that is the guy who probably did the best job on him in any of the finals he was in. 
And uh, that season in particular, 95, 96, he had 2.9 steals per game. And, uh, you know, that's coming off a stretch from uh, the year 1992, 93, all the way up to 98, 99. He had at least two steals per game, uh, at least 2.2 if we're really getting technical. And that's just otherworldly. You know, and I think there's a difference between being good at getting steals and being a good on ball defender, but you're probably the best perimeter defender in the NBA and you are getting a lot of steals, whether it's off ball or on ball. And so, yeah, I mean, he's one of my favorite players ever too. That's like right when I was getting into basketball, starting to watch it more consistently, it was probably around, you know, the peak end of, uh, you know, like my the Bulls, early, yeah, yeah, very early basketball memories are watching, you know, that 98 run. But then the guys I looked up to wanting to be a point guard was John Stockton and Gary Payton. And both of them had that that dog mentality. But uh Payton, man, I I, I still like talk uh, hearing him talk. There was an interview maybe a couple years back where he talks about uh you know how he'd fit into today's game. And in a league where I don't want to say it's necessarily a soft league, but like, you're not allowed to be as physical. You're not allowed to like, people don't play defense as hard as they used to, I guess. And it is like, some people have this insane offense. I don't want to like discredit that, but like he would give people nightmares. Like people would need to go straight to a therapy session after being guarded and harassed verbally all night by Gary Payton. (laughs) uh so back to like the sonics general stuff uh do you guys have a a favorite memory that involves the sonics it could be as simple as a great layup or something or it can be you know like the game winning steal or something like that anyone maybe a game you went to i got something way abstract for you and it is similar to the basketball time machine so i'm gonna go back to a few father's days ago And I was hanging out with my dad in uh, West Chicago and, you know, uh, doing, doing the normal father son bonding. And he he wants to throw on some home videos. And so he throws on this home video and um, I gave him some like cool, uh, you know, typical father's day gifts, these really nice stance uh, underwear that were like, just like the bull shorts, super soft, uh, and then like he puts on this home video and it just happens to be Father's Day in the video, the Father's Day game for Michael Jordan. And so my grandpa, who had passed away uh, just a few months prior, comes out. We don't even know it's Father's Day until he comes out and yells, Happy Father's Day. And we're getting goosebumps. You know, we're watching this like over a decade later. And then uh, we realize like the historical significance of this game. And then, um, you know, in the video, my dad's like, uh, you know, he's like showing the bowl shorts. I got the bowl shorts and, you know, it's like totally full circle, totally serendipitous. (laughs) And then uh, the home videos, and I don't remember any of this because I would have been like five years old, but the home videos of us driving around downtown Chicago during the championship I mean, what do we call those riots celebration? Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's so hardcore, you know what I mean? Like people are like flipping cars and stuff. It was crazy. It was pandemonium. Um, And so I don't remember that, but I'm counting it 
and I'm definitely counting that Father's Day uh, when we kind of went into the basketball time machine by accident, you know. <laughs> I think there are two Sonics memories that stand out to me. One of them is pretty iconic, and the other one is a little abstract. But uh, the iconic play where I forget who hands him the ball, but Kemp gets the ball and then drives in and kind of cradles it on his wrist and then throws it down against the Warriors mm. and then does the little pointing to oh, the guy oh. on the baseline. Point, Alton Lister. Never forget the name. Alton Lister. He right. dunked on his ass. Yeah. And that <laughs> was incredible. And then Kevin Calabro was on the call. Who, yeah. I heard a Kevin Calabro call. I, in my opinion, he's one of the best play-by-play guys I've ever heard, especially in NBA. And then – Another memory that stands out, and this is kind of just a recurring theme, is anytime there's like a Thunder game or there's like a March Madness game, there's always like one dude or a couple dudes in Sonic's jerseys that have a sign that's like, save our Sonic. It's still going. And so I, I love the pettiness of, of Sonic's fans to be like, hey, we're going to show up and we're not going to let you forget that we still want our team back. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that because uh, you guys, I mean, like it was like, like in 2006 or whatever, I feel like that wasn't really a topic of discussion, the Sonics possibly moving. They moved only two years later. You know, like uh, that whole shit show with H- Howard Schultz. and then se- Oh, my goodness. It's crazy, man. And, and he actually thought that he could be president. Like, are you serious? Like, you would never get any votes up there, you know? <laughs> president of lies. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I also made like kind of a pact ever since the Sonics thought that I wouldn't have Starbucks. Interesting. I'm never yeah. having Starbucks again after hearing you say that. <laughs> no, that's a very real thing. Uh, yeah. Like people in Seattle will drink Tully's. They'll go to some hole in the wall place. Like people in Seattle. I'm sure there's way better shit. You know, like this is way better stuff over, you know. Yeah. Just, I mean, support your local business, everyone, please. <laughs> there's, there's a handful of people that still drink Starbucks just because it's convenient and it's mainstream. But no, like so, it's a very real thing with Sonics fans. Like they will avoid putting money in Howard Schultz's pocket. Oof. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing too, like avoiding putting money into the owner's pockets. Like, so whenever like we sometimes I'll, I'll go on online and see you on forums or whatever, and people will be kind of saying the shit about, uh, oh, the Sonics, uh, the attendance was like shitty and stuff like that, and it's just like you know, of course they're gonna leave, you know that kind of stuff. And I was thinking like, well, I mean, why would you want to support this guy Clay Bennett, who's not even a Seattle Seattle light or whatever? He's he's not even a Washington guy. He's like clearly trying to trying to move the team to Oklahoma City and talk about like talk about a downgrade I heard Bill Burr talk about this in one of his podcasts he said like you talk about Portland Seattle it's kind of a lateral move but like Oklahoma City like it's that's like that's that's shameful (laughs) yeah I I mean I don't want to take up too much time on this topic specifically but it is in, in my opinion it's a downright lie to say that the team left because of fan support I mean, the, the team wasn't doing well, and so you're going to lose fans. I think every fan base, to a certain extent, loses fans when it's not playing well. The fair-weather bitches. Yeah, I mean, there was a situation where it was way bigger than fan support. Like, it all came down to money, and it was just a situation where I don't even know where to begin with this, but, you know, the, the league was saying that Key Arena was obsolete, which if you've ever been to a game in Key Arena, it wasn't nice, but, you know, it, it could do its thing. It had, I believe, the smallest – uh, seating capacity there so it was you know they needed a new arena but all the stuff surrounding it was just bogus like they wanted I think it was 220 million dollars to renovate key arena and there were a handful of people who were like hey man we're paying for Safeco Field where the Mariners play 
we're paying for where the Seahawks play. Like, why is all this public money going toward funding all these facilities? And so uh, I believe there was a vote in Seattle where they said, hey, if we're going to have a new arena, it needs to be private money. And so what wound up happening was basically any sort of entity that had any sort of power in Seattle did not back the Sonics. Mm. So you had, you know, Howard Schultz ultimately sold the team to a, a Clay Bennett who said that he would, you know, keep the team in Seattle. And there was like a good faith clause or whatever, but his plan was to go down to the suburbs and rent in and build a $500 million facility, which if you go out into the suburbs, it's going to be a nightmare. There's just traffic. There's no place to do it. So that wasn't a good idea. And I think a lot of people question was this really a good plan? Or are you just trying to say that you came up with a plan and just didn't work out so you could have them go to Oklahoma City? You had Greg Nichols, who was the mayor of Seattle at the time and Seattle City Council, who didn't really put up a fight and the whole lease agreement aspect of it because the Sonics were leased to play at Key Arena through 2010. And so Clay Bennett, and there was some sort of settlement involved there. I think it was like $45 million where they broke the lease and took the team away. Um, shoot, I'm trying to remember who else was involved, but just any sort of entity that had any sort of power in keeping the Sonics there just didn't stand up for the community, didn't stand up for the fan base and didn't stand up for really the people who cared about it. So it was just a situation where the team was going to go regardless. And it's just super unfortunate because there are people to this day, as I've mentioned, that want to keep the team there, that never wanted the team to leave. And I think that, I don't know if people were trying to find a scapegoat for it, but if you want to look at the most hated people in Seattle sports history, you're looking at Howard Schultz. You're looking at Clay Bennett. I think to a much lesser extent, Seattle City Council and Greg Nichols. And you're looking at people like Alex Rodriguez and Tyrone Willingham. Tyrone Willingham. Amazing. <laughs> I haven't heard Best that name in a long time. In my opinion, the 0-12 Huskies of 2008. I love it. I, uh, I mean, I remember he had a very good year with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh if I'm not mistaken, they're only African-American head coach they've ever had. But anyway, blast from the past for me. I love those Ty Willingham uh, Notre Dame teams, but it fell apart fast for him after that. Are, are you a Celtics fan because there's no team in Seattle? No, I was a Celtics fan before the Sonics left. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, what drew you into the Celtics? Because like probably when you were growing up, they probably weren't that good. Well, my parents have never had, even though I grew up in the Seattle area, my parents have never had allegiances to Seattle-based sports teams. So we have family and friends back east um, in the, the Connecticut, uh, New England area. And so ever since I was a little kid, I was getting Red Sox player tees, Celtics jerseys. I believe my first ever uh, NBA jersey was a Paul Pierce jersey back in like 2001 and something like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm Pat's Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins all the way through. But it, it is unfortunate just seeing the Sonics lead because, you know, I, I'm not a Seahawks fan by any means. I'm not a Mariners fan by any means. But, you know, when you have a team that gets ripped away from the city for a situation where everyone, I can't say everybody, but a lot of people cared about them and there was nothing really that people could do about it. Um, it it's just unfortunate. And I think there are a lot of people there, you know, call it sour grapes, call it salty, bitter, whatever you want to say, but you know, when you have someone say that they're going to keep the team there and, oh, I'm going to sell it to a guy who's going to keep the team there. The guy who buys the team says that he's going to keep the team there. And then you find out later on that there were email correspondences and conversations being had that there was really no intention of keeping the team there. That just, that sucks. Yeah. Salt in the wound. 
Yeah, I mean, especially in the, like Seattle, seems like a pretty good sports market too. Um, but it seems like the, I mean, obviously the Seahawks are probably the most popular team, right? You got the Sounders, who's also pretty popular, and the Mariners. I mean, I know the Mariners haven't been very good in almost twenty years. About each row had like one playoff appearance, right? Yeah, last time that they were in the playoffs was two thousand one, when that, that was, was like the best won. team. Like that uh, was like the best record. Or yeah. And they uh, lost to the Yankees in the ALCS in five games. So. Oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's a really rough like sports like city. Looking at the history, other than the Seahawks and the Sounders, who have also been very successful. Um, but moving on, I mean, I, I I know we were trying to do like some sort of thing with uh, like kind of an expansion team with the Sonics, but the thing is that's really tricky because like it's the top eight protected if there's an expansion draft. So, I mean, like, the best player for the Sonics would not be, like, a like an all-star type of player, obviously. It'd just be, like, you know, like, because in hockey, you, you can get away with, like, a good defense. The Vegas, right? They, they were the expansion team that made it to the final. You can get away with a good defense and a really good goalie, uh, you know, winning two to one or whatever. Um, but, like, yeah, in basketball, it's, 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 too t- it's, it's tough. I mean, because, you know, one player can really change everything. And if you don't have, like, one that one guy, I mean, it's, it's really hard because you'll be in mediocrity forever. And a team like Vancouver, like the Grizzlies, they were never really given a fair shake either. And, and I know Vancouver, I'm sure basketball is, is, very, is very popular there now. Uh, but back then, I think in like 1999, 2001 or whatever, uh, they were only, it felt like the, the, the Grizzlies were there for like five minutes, like in Vancouver. <laughs> um, but moving on, uh, other possible cities. I know there's Vegas. Any other possible cities that we think that could have an NBA team? Hmm. I mean, Vegas, Seattle is going to be a lock. Yeah, I Seattle's think Vegas would be super interesting just because, you know, the success of the Aces, you know? Yeah, um, the Aces and the and the Knights and, and the Raiders, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, and so I feel like they, they that have a lot makes of facilities the now. most that, – that seems the most obvious, you know what I mean? Um, or yeah. I, I don't know if I should say obvious, but it seems like it would make the most like, well, that seems like the next step, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't know. Um but I, I mean, I hear people talk about like Kansas City because Kansas City yeah. has like a they have like an arena and everything. Uh, also, Louisville, as yeah. well as da- uh, Dan Lewis. Issel is always making a push for uh, Louisville. I believe on on Twitter, I f- I follow him and he's always like, "Bring the NBA to Louisville," and I'm like, "He says <laughs> you and no one else." How about Mexico Bring it back City? To That's what I want. All right, that would be very cool. But uh, I don't think it'd go through. It's just, it's just too much. It's way too expensive, and it's like, you know, it's seen the players already don't like going to Toronto. You know, I don't. Know, I know Mexico is different, but like, yeah, it's, it's going through customs and all that. Oh no, they'd love it. Come on, man, get in the beach <laughs> a little bit. Go down to Mexico. I don't know how close Mexico City is. Mexico City is also the altitude is higher than Denver. Even yeah, better. Feet, it'd be a problem for conditioning yeah. <laughs> wise. Yeah, it'd be bad. Great place to train, though. Yeah, Mexico City is also smack dab in the middle of the country. <laughs> a short drive. So, but hey, I mean, if you're going to bring up the Aces in Vegas, how about the uh, WNBA champion Seattle Storm? Yes. I don't know why I forgot hey. about them. See, huh? Sue Bird's a fucking legend. I don't know why I forgot about them. Brandon Stewart, also Brandon. very good. And that's, that's another thing, too. Like, Brandon Stewart got a very bad shake in the last couple of years because uh, she well, tore her Achilles. Yeah. yeah. But she was in Russia when she did that, right? She was like not in America when she tore her Achilles. So that that's a whole 
like discussion about like, you know, the insurance policies and stuff like that. And, you know, the healthcare system in America. And also like the fact that, you know, like, I don't even know who covered like her surgery there because, you know, I don't, I'm assuming she maybe got into Russia, but like, you know, that should be like a WNBA, like covered like insurance thing. Right. Because like they get paid so little that they have to play year round, literally professionally year round. So mad respect for, uh, for mentioning them because I, I don't know why I forgot about them. Um, but Sue Bird, yeah, legendary. I love Sue Bird. Yeah, three championships since 2010. I believe they got 2010, 2018, and 2020. So most successful team in Seattle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the fans show out there, too. I remember that. I remember watching the final a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018 when they also won. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, the fans are going nuts. It was awesome. Um, uh, other cities, though, I mean uh, – Oh, and I actually do. I did want to mention this too, though. It's such a shame that, like, literally, Hurricane Katrina is the reason why the Sonics are gone. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, oh, Oklahoma interesting. Showed that they could house a team for a couple of years, and they yeah. did it well with the Hornets. But yeah, I never it's thought about Oklahoma that. City of all places. Yeah. Oh man, it's like it's crazy how like that, that like butterfly effect starting in like going in the south southern United States affects the Northwest United States, the Pacific Northwest very weird um it's just it's crazy i don't know that whole like just all the things that like led to them leaving all traces back really to like you know chris paul's rookie season uh when they had to play for a couple two seasons two seasons in oklahoma city wow i never thought about that um yeah i mean san diego would be cool maybe uh throw that into the mix San Diego um, would be cool, but it's just so many teams. Yeah. And by the way, Kurt, did you ever think that this, the Sacramento would move to Seattle? Absolutely. Yeah, there were talks about that, and I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the reasons why Sacramento is still in Sacramento is because the city did fight for the team. So yeah. mm-hmm. if you've ever been to Sacramento, Arco Arena, I know it's Sleep Train Arena right now. It's way I can't say way out in the sticks, but it's north of Sacramento. I mean, you got to go a little bit of a ways out there and there's nothing else out there and so it's it's not a great facility and i remember them looking at it being like i think it was the malukes who were trying to sell the team and they were like hey what do we do with this and then ultimately kevin johnson ex-nba player who was the uh, mayor of sacramento he was like no like sacramento means like the team means so much to the people here and they found a way to get the new arena golden one center that was built or i guess it opened up in 2016 and it is a phenomenal facility um, but it's also kind of similar to Seattle where it's right in the middle of town. There's not a ton of parking around the area, but it just kind of shows, you know, when you have a, a team like Seattle where there was support, there was history and they just didn't really have that great of a facility, you know, how much effort do you want to put in to make sure that the team stays? It wasn't there. Also, um, David Stern, not a lot of people in Seattle liking David Stern, but well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, over in Sacramento, they fought for their team. They kept the team, and you know the Kings have been terrible for 15 years as well. But they have a team, and I think it was all because of the efforts. You got people out in the streets making sure, hey, you know we don't want this team to leave. Kevin Johnson doing whatever it took uh, to keep the team there, and ultimately they got a new facility, and they're still there. So shout out to the Kings for doing what they're supposed to be doing. But yeah, there were a lot of conversations um, about you know having the Kings bolt up to Seattle and. I think a lot of people like that too because they drafted Isaiah Thomas in 2012 and he's a kid from Tacoma. So, or I guess it would be University Place. He went to Curtis High School. And so, yeah, they, they wanted another local guy up in Seattle too. So, 
but ultimately it didn't happen. Is Jamal Crawford, is he the best player? Is he the best player from Seattle? I mean, I know Brandon Roy is also from Washington. Yeah, I mean. But Brandon Roy, is, he's more of a story of potential. He's like kind of like Derrick Rose. He's kind of like a story of about the potential. Yeah, I, man, it's tough because like Jason Terry, he's from Franklin High School in Seattle. I mean, he lit it up. for. He had a hell years. of a career. Uh, Jamal Crawford, hell of a basketball player. Um, yeah, Brandon Roy went to Garfield. Um, shoot, yeah, I mean Zach Levine. He, you know, he he probably won't win any any awards just because he's not coming off the bench where he can win six man of the year awards. But he played high school ball up in Bothell, so there there's kind of some powerhouses out there like Garfield High School, uh, Rainier Beach High School is the big one. Uh, Franklin High School had a bunch of people too. So. Um, like, if you remember Terrence Williams, he played basketball for Louisville when they had, like, Earl Clark and those teams. Uh, Peyton Siva also played there. Um, just a handful of guys that were really good high school players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Seattle, it, it doesn't have the star power maybe of some other cities, but I think in terms of overall depth and overall NBA guys that have come out of there, uh, Seattle is absolutely a basketball city. Hami. We got a Easter egg for our next episode of the Full Court Trap, all right? Because I'm about to hit you guys with some trivia. And if, if you listen to this episode and you're coming on the show, good for you. But there is a player uh, from Spokane who leads among all Washington-born players in points, assists, and steals throughout his uh, professional basketball career. Who do you think this man is? From Washington, you said? From the state of Washington. Oh, in points, steals, and assists. He, points, steals, and assists. Yeah. Do you have an era for us? Uh, he played for almost 20 years. He was drafted in the mid-80s. Oh, uh, John Stockton. Boom, shakalaka. There it is. Wow. Yeah, John Stockton, man. Yeah. I got another trivia for you. Okay. Uh, the Sonics have won a, a playoff series more recently than this team. Ooh. There might be two teams. There might be two teams, I think. Whoa, whoa. One of them is kind of obvious. Whoa. We kind of talked about them. The Kings? Yes, the Kings, because the Sonics beat the Kings that season. And then the Timberwolves. Wow. That's a good I one. Think, I think the Timberwolves. I, think I don't we, think the Timberwolves. Because uh... they missed the playoffs from 2004 to 2017. They made it in 2018. They only they lost. They won one game, you know. So, like, the Sonics won a playoff game more recently than the Kings. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put that. I'll put that in the trap. The next Amazing. One. I'll make Amazing. sure Kirk's not on that, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sonics had a team in 2005, 2006. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving on, though. Back to, like, other, I don't know, other, other cities. I, I really don't know where, where else to go here because we have other cities we have because Vegas seems like the obvious one. What about yeah. team name? What would be the team name for the Vegas team? Ooh. The Knights? Well, they're already the Golden Knights. Golden Knights hockey. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think uh, I've seen on on two K uh, under like people making Vegas expan- expansion teams. One of the popular ones uh, has been the Pharaohs, which I think that would be really cool. You know, you have the the pyramid somewhere. There's a pyramid or something there. I don't know. I'm not a big Vegas guy, uh, but you know, you got that out there. And then uh, the outlaws I've seen, I think that would also be cool. Uh, That's a good one. And to bring up Phil Myers sports law class again, I think it's very fun to, uh, when I 
for our final way to make a expansion MLB yeah. team, you know? And yep. so I came up with the Charlotte rebels and that came out, uh, or that was inspired by the, what was it? The, the rebellion, um, the Hornets rebellion or something, um, that was coined by general Cornwallis of the, uh, the Redcoats. And so it would definitely have to have some sort of, historical context you know uh to make sense but i guess pharaohs doesn't necessarily but i i hope they would do something to honor the the city and its history yeah because i mean it's, it's tough to pick like a good name because a lot of like even some of the names now aren't like great um like in the nba or just like picking a new name like making it stick because like i remember at the time when the pelicans came out i wasn't a big fan of it but I, I think it's just because of time, you know, I just got used to it and just like seeing, you know, they have a great logo and everything. And I was just like, yeah, Pelicans. Sure. You know, it works. And it's also the state bird, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, just a terrifying mascot, if you guys recall. Oh yeah. The, the King baby. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> looked like a bird that just drank somebody's blood. And it had like oh, a sickly the actual pelicans color. mascot, right? Because they also yeah. have the king baby one too. Okay, I don't know king it's just baby. Just a giant baby. Yeah, giant baby. No, I'm talking yeah. about the like bloodthirsty pterodactyl looking thing that was kind of like <laughs> this disgusting green color. It was it was traumatizing. They had to change it after like two weeks. One of the funniest things ever, actually. Why not make like a name like, uh, you know, like a name that's our make it like Real Madrid or Barcelona or something like that. Make it the the aces, the men's team, the aces, you know, like, yeah, like a college. <laughs> you know, the thing uh, now is just, you know, to be politically correct, name it after the city. So the, the Las Vegas basketball team. <laughs> LVBT. Uh, so TripAdvisor, I'm seeing on uh, TripAdvisor. <laughs> com of all places a uh name the nba vegas team and there's the outlaws the rattlers the slam the wranglers the gladiators the dust devils that sounds like a vacuum uh the bandits so all those could be interesting i don't know maybe just the cowboys you know you can't do the gamblers DraftKings arena I can, you know, that's, can we talk about how slippery of a slope this would be, by the way, to put a team in Vegas? Remember when we had All-Star Weekend in Vegas and yes. it was a shit show? I just want to put that out there. I don't want to, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm just, let's remember what happened, guys. This could get out of hand quick, but I won't say anything negative about that other than that. Can you remind me what went down in Vegas in 07? I just remember that like all-star weekend, like a bunch of players got in trouble. They were out, you know, what are you going to do? It's Las Vegas. They're going to howl at the yeah, moon. It's all-star weekend too. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I'm well, sure I got, you can't really blame Vegas them. stuff goes on in any, yeah. any city in all-star. I mean, in Chicago, I mean, I don't know. Well, we talked about uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant would go back to Seattle. You, you know, who'd be first in line demanding a trade to Las Vegas is the master baiter, James Harden. Oh yes, yes, James Harden, of course, the the greatest baiter, the master baiter. Oh man, I, yeah, you're actually right. He would be first on the train. Unbelievable. 
um, that's pretty much all I have. You guys want to add anything else? Uh, you know, uh, anything related to the Sonics or you know, any any closing thoughts? Uh, I would be a big. I would be a Sonics fan. I would just throw that out there. Like I would absolutely hop on the bandwagon. I'd support the hell out of it. Frankly, they deserve a team more than Vegas. Th- that needs to be a top priority for Adam Silver. Bring basketball. That's been like back. the talk of discussion for like the last five years, though. Yeah. The, the priority yeah. discussion of like getting Seattle back. Yeah, I mean it, it's 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 inevitable now. I mean because just because. I think the NBA, it, it feels like they just realized that there's like, oh shit, yeah, we totally screwed this market up. Uh, <laughs> let's let's try to you know get it back somehow. But you know, with the pandemic kind of slowing everything down, it probably won't be for another couple of years, which is a shame. I mean, like you know, uh, because you also want to get like uh, not just like the old fans, but also young kids who are you know getting into sports. All the Hoopstradamus fans out in Seattle oh, of course. needed yeah, team too. to root for, really. Maybe yeah. they could be the Seattle Hoopsterdamas and pay us royalties. I think one of the things to kind of keep an eye on too is I believe that the Sonics kept the naming rights. Yes, they did. And, yeah. and, the, and the colors. And their history and stuff like that. So if they ever come back, they'll, they'll raise that banner again. You know, the, the 1979 champions. And uh, also another question for Kurt, like you or your friends, like you guys ever like, because uh, you said you, your friends are still Sonics fans. Um what about like other NBA stuff? Like, are they fans of like certain players or certain teams or something? Yeah, I have a buddy. He's a Mavericks fan just because he likes Dirk Nowitzki, who's obviously gone. But I, I think that he just liked watching him play. Yeah. Um, I think some of my other friends who are, you know, Seattle natives, Seattle sports fans through and through, I don't think that they've deviated. I think that they still are just like, I'm going to watch basketball objectively. I'm not going to root for any specific team. But oh, mad. You yeah. know, when the Sonics do come back, I'm going to be all in on the Sonics. So I hope that if they do bring a team back, you know, it, it has to be an expansion team at this point. I don't think that there are talks of relocation, you know, with like the Kings or the Bucks. Uh, yeah. we're, we're kind of in the rumor mill there. But yeah, if you bring or if you uh, bring a team to Seattle, I, I think it would be a huge disservice to the city and the fan base to have a complete rebrand with mm-hmm. you know different colors and a different, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's got to be the sonics again and i yeah. think it has to be the same color scheme whether it's you know the the one from the 90s where you kind of had like the, the green the white and a little bit of red or you have the uh the yellow and the green uh i i just think that you have to do it that way just to get everybody kind of back into the feel and okay you know this is our team again kind of more of a you know, resonate with the people a little bit better than if you were to just have brand new team, brand new color scheme, brand new name, brand new players. I think you have same logo, like the logo you're wearing now. Like I always like that logo. The one where just as the ball emotional attachment. So yeah, bring them back. I think in the same facet that they, that they left with all the, the history, the colors and aim stuff like that. They have a very stern discussion with the Oklahoma city thunder because you cannot claim any of those players that would be a huge rivalry too oh there that would should be, be that i mean that enough. that will be the first game right that will be the first Absolutely. game oklahoma city at seattle has to be and you, <laughs> Can you imagine if they made it at seattle at okc they just screwed up somehow <laughs> no, no, no. yeah you're 100 right the first game has to be oklahoma city at seattle and there has to be fans so oh yeah i i hope this pandemic doesn't last two three years but yeah, there there has to be fans in the stands for that. Also, you got to keep the mascot. You got to keep Squatch. Mm, yeah. yeah, Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
one last question for both of you guys. Best Sonics jerseys. Space Needle. It's got to be the Space Needle for me. Like, yeah, the, the 95, 96 jerseys they wore in the championship. I mean, it's iconic. And uh, personally, that's my favorite Sonics logo. I mean, the more recent one is very cool, too, but... Those are actually like on my short list of best NBA jerseys of all time, regardless of franchise. So it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, I like the, uh, the the same one that Adam was talking about, but I believe it was the alternates. So kind of that like Ooh. deep crimson color. Ooh, yeah. So you have the, uh, I believe the, what the home was white, the away was that forest green, but the uh, they had a, a jersey that they were a few times. Where yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Up and that swooping Sonics uh, name across the chest. And then it had like a red jersey. And I thought those were super cool. Yeah. The, uh, the ones from the, the 70s and 80s that are kind of like that that brighter green with like the white and the, the Sonics across the, the chest there. I thought those were like very simple. So I, I'm not a fan of those personally. And I honestly didn't really like the rebrand that they did with like the logo that I have on right now. Um, I would have liked to see that one from the 90s just stick bring back i actually like the one that you have right now i, I think it's it's a very clean look especially the white jersey yeah i mean it's it's better than the one from the 70s in my opinion the one from the 70s is just boring and lazy but yeah also iconic because they won a championship with those yeah and they actually they kept those jerseys like that style from like 70 whatever 70 what 75 or whatever up until like 90 1992 or whatever wow. and they changed it to the other one the Space Needle one, which is a great, you know, very good logo as well. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see, you know, you know what they should do. I mean, they, just Nike is making a million jerseys. They should bring a variation of all of them back, you know, somehow. I'd love to see a stylized reboot of that 90s one, too. I actually have a link up here with, like a, you know, just like a, a pictures of people who uh, have made some sort of rebrand type of thing. Some okay. stuff looks very similar. He actually, the, this dude actually has like crimson red that you were talking about, Kirk. Uh, I'm, I'll send it to you guys. We'll actually post it on the, the Hoops Adamas Twitter, too. Under okay. The account, under the account, just so people know what we're talking about. Yeah, they see this. Um, and yeah, I'll send it to you guys right now. But that's going to do it uh, for this episode of, uh, of Expansion and mostly talking about Seattle uh, basketball. Uh, any closing thoughts, guys, before we sign out? Bring them back. Save our Sonics. Still in effect. What he said. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>